Hey, what's going on, Internet? This is Andrew with Ancient Ways for Modern Days. want to take a moment to say thank you for listening and participating in all the great content that we put out. Now, it being August, Mike and myself, we are on vacation, we are doing some traveling, but we wanted to make sure that you still had great content to point you to the Lord. So, what we have done is that we looked through our library of podcasts, and we're bringing to you one of our favorite series that we did a couple years ago. What you're going to be listening to now is going to be a recording we did a couple years ago about the resolutions of Jonathan Edwards. When we did it, we thought it was incredibly edifying, and we hope that you find value in it today. Thanks for listening. Hello, Internet, and welcome to episode 60. Six zero. We did it, Mike. Episode 60. Our podcast is getting old. I know. Of Ancient Ways for Modern Days, my name is Andrew, and I am joined today by Mr. Mike Freeman. Mike, we had a, a, a previous conversation right before we started recording. Would you like to share your good news with the world? <laughs> well, yesterday my uh, my new sunglasses came in, and I, I'm generally not the, the flashy guy that wants the something that draws a lot of attention, but these things were too cool not to order. They were uh, a throwback to G.I. Joe. And so I have these awesome green camo with American flag G.I. Joe sunglasses just in time for spring baseball. And they are, uh, they're something to be admired. I, I like them. They, they, you have the retro frame and it, it comes with uh, these polarized glasses that have like an orange. Yeah, it's like an orange red. Yeah. Yeah. And then so for our listeners, because this is a, an audio <laughs> medium, it's got a camo green frame mm-hmm. that goes into the last tip of the frames or the the american flag red white and blue it's a very gi joe thing which is which is pretty awesome well they say gi joe on them and you know, oh, okay i showed them off to my uh my softball team last night they didn't think they were quite as cool as i thought these <laughs> you know what middle school girls but uh i think they're pretty awesome yeah we just you and i were just discussing that i i think as millennials we're getting to that age now where all the things that we really enjoy and the, the, all the pop culture things they're the nerdy things the weird things to these zoomers they just don't know they just don't get it they, they need education i think yeah you know? they do yeah they do so actually our, our listeners probably don't know that you uh you're a fan of gi joe yeah gi joe it's uh you know growing up it was the cartoon i'd wake up early and you know, run upstairs and watch it at 6 a.m. or whenever it was on when I was a kid and lots of action figures as I was a kid. And then I got to that stage where I was like a teenager and I thought it would be better use of my action figures to blow them up on the 4th of July with fireworks. And so then uh, when I got into my 20s, I started to rebuild my collection. Oh. So I bought a bunch then and comics as well. Yeah. Okay. And uh, But it's been a long time since I bought anything G.I. Joe really except these sunglasses these sunglasses now. yeah 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 so I'm, I'm happy you're still indulging in uh some nostalgia here and here here and there that's pretty that's pretty cool actually i was uh this is very off topic but uh i was watching this youtube channel called toy galaxy and it's a retrospective on the gi joe toy now i watched that one and i also watched the one on teenage mutant ninja turtles mm-hmm. and the only reason why i bring this up is that the gi joes came out in an early early 80s and then seven years after their initial release uh, was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which got the same treatment as G.I. Joe. Do you know how many years are difference between between you and I? Seven years. Or huh? seven years. There, yeah. Yeah. And so you're a G.I. <coughs> Joe guy, and I'm actually a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle guy. Yeah. So uh, all I can say is uh, I've learned that marketing is a real thing. It's got us. It, it did. It, it, it impacts children. So 
just something to think about parents Be careful little eyes what you see <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure so mike with that said man how are things going i hear good things are happening with your ministry in softball and baseball and oh stuff. We're, we're just having a great time on the field man we the, we've had some great weather some great early spring weather here in the northwest great, yeah. and so we've been able to have consistent practices and we've been out there and man i, I Something about coaching when you get out there. My, my philosophy is every practice, if you get better, it's a win. Mm-hmm. Every game, if you get better, it's a win. And just seeing these uh, these girls and my softball team, and then I've got four, five, and six-year-olds on a t-ball team that I'm coaching with my youngest son, and seeing them just every time we're out there on the field, it's such a fun experience. The kids are smiling. They're enjoying it. They're improving. And so, I don't know. It's it's like a sweet spot for me. I really love it. That is so cool. And I, I love that you're doing that. I think that's a good reminder for those of us who are listening from Valley that we we as a church because we want to impact our local community it's okay to invest in your your tribe within the community right for you it's baseball it's softball for me it's the fitness community with crossfit and all that stuff we want to reach people connect with people we're not isolated to just our church we want it we want to rub shoulders with people outside living on mission is it it can be really natural you know it doesn't have to be the awkward thing where you go up to a stranger and say, Hey, have you trusted Jesus as your personal Lord and savior? And if that's you, I mean, I've had those conversations. I've gone to people. I felt like God's led me to those conversations with someone I don't know, but if that's all it is, well, you might be missing all out as well. And so trying to just live in light of the gospel and, you know, I, I actually, I've been even bolder this year, Mm -hmm. kind of just inviting people toward the things of God, toward church, toward Easter services. And I've found you're not pushy about it. If you're not pushy, people are pretty receptive and they're pretty, you know, they're considerate and they're open. And and so I'm just still kind of seeing what God's going to do in that community. And maybe I need to find a, um, a community of GI Joe uh, folks also, right? Like that, a GI Joe collectors group in Longview, and uh, that's what the internet's for. <laughs> that's funny. You know, I, I'm, I'm excited that you're out there, just leading the way for people to, you know, just connect with other people outside the church, and just using a, a gift and a talent that you have and a passion that you have for for sports and and baseball. I think that's a good reminder for all people. I think sometimes we complicate things. I know. I actually, I have a I have a relationship with uh, my grocer. I don't know if we, if we call him grocers, but there's a guy at Fred Meyer's who rings me up every time. I know his name. We talk. Mm-hmm. We t- I've invited him to church. We, I just I see him on a regular basis. And you know what? It just started with the fact that uh, I started using his name. I just say good morning to him, and then we just started talking. Now I know that actually this week he's on vacation, and we talked. So I, just the idea of living on mission. It doesn't have to be. You know, this huge, like, you got to find and infiltrate a people group or anything, but just take advantage. Look who you are. Yeah. If you go to the same cafe, if you go to the same restaurant, those kind of things. You know, Jess, she goes to a um, cafe in town and she's gotten to know one of the baristas. And it's interesting, this last week she was there and the barista actually used the words, I'm done. Oh, really? She's been sharing with my wife just a little by little things going on in her life. She used the words, I'm done. And my wife was like, well, guess what? This weekend we're starting a series on... I'm done. What do you do? What do you do when you get to that spot where you're done with life, when you're done with yourself, when you're done with the struggles and feeling jaded or disillusioned? And it's really interesting. You know, the gal, I don't think she came. I don't know. But um, but even just that connection, like the things we're doing in church actually is exactly what's going on with most people, most people outside of the church. Yeah. They just don't have anyone helping them make those yeah. connections. You know, that actually that brings up a really good point. So this last week, uh, you started a brand new series on Easter. And I think we should talk about Easter here in a second, but after the service, someone came up to me and said, Andrew, where is this sermon going to be available? I want to make sure that my daughter or someone else, like they hear this, they, they have the opportunity to listen to this message. You know what? 
we work hard to make sure that all of the content we create is shareable. And sometimes we, we've actually had people show up at our church because all, all we had to do was to hit the share button on, on Facebook and someone watched it. They got connected with it. It spoke to them and then they came and checked us out. So one thing I'd like to share with our church family is like, man, if you are looking for a small, small way to be a little more mission oriented, you can just smash that share button whenever we have a service or on our YouTube channel. If you just want to share that with other people, you don't have to be preachy about it or whatever. But if it, if you just want to share how it impacts you, I think it speaks to people. And that's, it's, that's a way to get exposure to, to people who need it. Yeah, that's a cool idea, man. And, and I, the only thing I'd add on is you said that we work hard to do all this stuff. And I'd say actually you and Jackson and Steven and a few other people really put in the time to make sure it's good online content. And so it's a great team, man. Yeah, it is. I think shout out to Jackson and everybody else who, who works with us. But uh, yeah, thanks for that, Mike. I don't know how to receive that. I'm, I'm a little bashful. <laughs> um, well, switching gears. Actually, I'd like to talk about Easter. Uh, this last Easter was amazing. If you asked me about how our Easter went for 2020, I honestly don't remember. It was all online, man. It was all online, and COVID was this weird thing, and we were just this machine of services because we were doing like pre-recorded things. I don't remember, but 2021, man, what did you think? Like, what did like how? Like, it was just good to see new people. It was good to see our church family that we hadn't seen in a while come together. I was encouraged by that weekend. I, I tell you what, same thing for me. I mean, we had some folks that, you know, you take like the Heightside service and, and we had some folks come that we have not seen literally in a year. Yeah. And now that they've got their vaccine and they feel a little more confident coming out, they were here. They were so, man, just to see some of their look on their faces, just how thankful they were to be back in the church family, in corporate worship. It, it you talk about encourage, it encouraged me so much to see how deeply that the worship and church family experiences the people and remember, yeah. man, I just, especially if you're listening to this right now and you haven't been able to get, get out yet, just know we miss you. Know we're here for you when 100%, you're ready yeah. and we're going to love to worship with you again. And on top of that, we had a load, a, a large amount of guests. We had some people that were invited by other folks some people mm -hmm. that I don't even know how they heard about us that showed up. And it was, it was pretty awesome. You know, we did have some guests and, we, you know, we, sometimes we share a little bit about the people we're inviting and I know that there are some people who showed up and it was their first time and they have some things going on in their lives. And I was so excited that they got to hear the, this beginning series. I think it spoke directly to a lot of people, just that notion of like, man, I've come to the end of myself and just hearing a message of hope in Christ. And it's okay to face our realities because as Christians, the same power that rose Christ from the dead dwells in us for the glory of God. So God in us, he is raising us out of our own tombs. And so we don't have to live in these, these <laughs> in the caves of our hearts. Mm -hmm. And so I was excited to see these people who could hear it. I could see that they were moved. They were asking some questions about the church. And I was also more excited to see that some people that we invited who have been um, just hurt by churches to show up and, See a glimmer of hope in their eyes. Man, I, Easter was so rad. It was rad. Like, I'm, I'm going to use that 80s term. There rad. you go. Calabunga, yeah. dude. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so, anyway, so, yeah, that's that's been good. Mike, Um, today we are jumping back into Jonathan Edwards, uh, his, his resolutions. That's right. That's right. And today we are looking at the resolutions that he wrote on the Bible itself, 
and prayer. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to jump in this with you. I actually don't know what to expect. Uh, we didn't even go through this before. We did not. We yeah. just sat down and started talking about G.I. Joe, and then the next thing we know, we, we turned start... the thing on. Yeah, so here we are. And so, yeah, I, I'm excited to see how this is going to uh, move us forward. Honestly, this has been edifying in many ways because as I have reflected on the things that we've talked about, it's been great to be able to show other people like, hey, Jonathan Edwards struggled, and these are some resolutions that he had for himself. This is how he was intentional with just life and he anticipated struggles and, and other things. And he took the time to contemplate his own life in the light of scripture. And these, man, this is how he became who he was, man. This is how he was in tune with the Lord as he had his ministry. They're kind of like, you know, you set up like, these are my guideposts that I'm going to follow in my journey to life. And, mm-hmm. and so we, you don't have to say, I'm going to make these my exact resolutions, but I think considering how someone who went before us, made resolutions that helped keep him on target for what God had called him to do. That really helps me as well. And today's resolutions, we're only going to cover three. And they're kind of like the, uh, they're like the backbone of, of growth in Christian faith, right? So we're going to look at resolutions about his, his approach to the scripture and resolutions about his approach to, to prayer. And then kind of combining those together, uh, kind of in, in the last one. And really what they're going to do is I think they're going to encourage us to remember why we make such a big deal about the study of scripture and why we make such a big deal about prayer. Because these are not just, hey, Andrew, have you checked your box yet today? Have you prayed today? And have you read your Bible? Sometimes it comes off that way. And sometimes we get that in our mind and we, we disconnect it from what actually happens inside of us. The intent, and, the heart change. Yeah. And what God's doing through our Bible reading and prayer. And so... Should we j- jump in? Yeah. So I, a couple of things I just wanted to remind our listeners, if you're listening to this for the first time or something, we've been doing this series since the beginning of the new year. Uh, we took the theme of resolutions, but we went to like stronger resolutions as in like resolves to be this way. But we're also looking at Jonathan Edwards and we, we were looking at his resolutions and we we're not going in chronological order of what he wrote, but we're kind of going by a uh, thematic order. Uh, and so we've been just looking at different themes. And so if this is your first time listening, man, you can see in our episode histories that there are themes that go back and uh, you can kind of click on those and listen to those as well. And actually, I was just thinking about this really quick to uh, one of our listeners who asked, we do have a new recording schedule. Some people were wondering um, if you were used to this kind of content coming out at the beginning of the week, we actually now release this on Wednesdays. If you are expecting something to drop on Monday. Actually, that is the weekend sermon from Valley Christian Fellowship. So moving forward, on Mondays, we release the sermons from the the previous weekend. And on Wednesdays, we release this podcast all on the same channel. And you can tell the difference because of the thumbnail that uh, that is on the channels, whether you're listening through iTunes or Spotify or any of those other other things. Oh, and last thing. Shout out to Mr. Jackson for making our brand new logo for Ancient Ways for Modern mm-hmm. Days. It's uh, it's crisp. I like it. It's nuanced. It is. You, you, got, you got to take a little bit of time and look at it and notice some of the ways that it is, uh, really conveys more than maybe you think at the first glance. Oh, yeah. It's it's pretty good. So, uh, anyway. Another 80s reference is more than meets the eye. Oh, uh, man. Oh, man. I, I love creepy crawlers. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever have creepy crawlers? I do not. I do okay. not. That, might, that must have been something seven years after me. I, uh, I, it is that thing where you could melt plastic into making like bugs and stuff like that. Okay. It, it's basically. I remember seeing that now. What is that thing that girls had? The the Easy Bake Oven. Easy Bake. But it's for guys. The okay. Easy Bake Oven for guys and stuff. I didn't have one. My mom thought I'd burn myself. I probably would have burned myself. But uh, 
Anyway, you were referencing referencing Transformers. I get it. I'm not dumb. So, <laughs> all right, Mike, let's do this. Well, now you know. Yeah. And, and knowing's half the battle. That's right. Okay. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> Resolved. Let, let's talk. We're going to look at resolution uh, starting 28. And actually, good news to our listeners: these are easier to read. These are these ones are a little easier to follow. Some of the language on the other ones were challenging. So you want to go ahead and why don't you read Resolution 28? All right, resolution 28. Resolved. To study the scripture so steadily, constantly, and frequently as that I may find and plainly perceive myself to grow in the knowledge of the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what he's saying here, he says there's a, there's a what. Here's what I'm resolving to do. Mm-hmm. I think he has a how. He, he has some descriptive words in accomplishing what he's setting out to do. And then he has a why. And so the why, I think, is is the key but but let's start at the top let's study like the 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 what right <clears throat> even though some would say start with why we're going to start with with what and so he, he really says here's what i'm resolved to do i'm resolved to study the scriptures and and i love that he uses the word study because um sometimes we just read the scriptures right and there's there's a, a difference between reading the scriptures and studying the scriptures i, I know there's times in my life when i'm reading the, the bible and i'm just Shrugging through a chapter and then another, mm-hmm. and and actually I, I'm I think that's beneficial. I, I try to read large chunks of the scripture every year so that I just got it kind of fresh in my mind. And so if I'm preaching about something over here, I've got something else in my mind. That I've got a full picture of the scripture in it. But the word study it actually drills down a little bit more. Study means I'm actually going to be searching for its meaning. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be trying to, we would say, pull the meaning out of the text mm-hmm. so I could apply it to my life to, to not just say, oh, there was a story and I read it, but, but I know what, what God is trying to convey to our world, to humanity, to me, based on his revelation, right? And so how do you study the scripture? Well, there's lots of ways to do it. There, there's a few really important ways. You can start, you know, you can study on your own, right? And so some ways to study on your own is is learn how to read the Bible, mm-hmm. learn some of the, the interpretation tools. Um, there's a great tool called The Knowable Word by Peter Kroll, hmm. which I've recommended okay. before. Um, really just a helpful way of thinking through it. We do a class occasionally. Actually, we're long past due um, yeah, we're, in, in yeah. doing it again, which is how do I study the scripture? And so if, you know, if a listener is like, man, I'd like to go to that class, let us know and maybe yeah. we'll, we'll schedule that soon. Um, Actually, just throwing this out there, um, for those of us here at Valley, we started using Faith Life TV. Mm-hmm. And in Faith Life TV, under their mobile education suite, they have a class on Bible study methods. How to study the Bible, yeah. Yeah, my, my life group right now, we were going to do it exclusively. But now what, what we're doing is we're taking uh, a couple of videos. We, we, we read them, we watch them, and then we take with the skills and we're applying it to our gospel project study. So there, there are opportunities here within Valley. If you can't attend the class that we host, that you, you, that you teach, we have these other supplemental things as well, too. And it does go into this great detail of the difference between just reading the scriptures, and it's important to do so, versus taking the time to intentionally study scripture. Yeah, we, we want to basically make it so that anyone has the opportunity to grow in their faith. Yes. And we want to resource you and we want to relationally kind of be there for you as well. So so that's, you know, study on your own. Learn to study on your own. One of the key ways is actually to study the Bible under b- biblical preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, 
biblical preaching, what it is meant to do, it's meant to do exactly that. It's meant to pull the meaning out of the text and present it in a compelling way that speaks to not only to the mind, but to the heart so that the whole person is challenged to live in light of who God is and, and what Christ has done, right? And so we, we, we emphasize preaching pretty heavily here. We work hard at our preaching. I mean, you talk about working hard at the, the tech side yeah. when you preach as well. We, we, we both, we work hard at the preaching to make sure we're doing that as faithful as we can because we want to, we want that, you know, 40 minutes of a Sunday sermon to be able to just encourage and challenge and help you in your growth yeah. and study the scripture, right? So, and that brings up a good point. So if you now know that the preaching of God's word is a way to study his word, that actually allows you to take a more proactive approach when attending a service. When you show up, there are study notes that you can take and you can fill in the blanks. But honestly, I, I one of my favorite ways of taking notes is just free writing my notes. I bring a notepad or my tablet and I'm writing things because also sometimes I'll, I'll be listening to a message and I'll have questions and I don't have time to answer the question. Right now, so I'll just write the question down later. I love when as, as a preacher meeting people who wrote down a question and it lets me know that they're engaged. That's, that's way more of a compliment to me than someone just telling me a good sermon. And then when they have a question, Hey, they wrote it down because it means they're studying. So I, I would encourage anyone that if you've been attending a service for all, I, I would challenge you to, to, to study now, to take it as an opportunity to write some things down, to hash some things out. And if you don't get something, that's great. Write it down. And I, I have yet to meet a preacher who says, like, I don't have time to answer any questions. Mm-hmm. I think they want to talk about it. You spend a lot of hours putting in a sermon. There's a lot of things that don't make it onto the, the message itself. So I think there's a lot of people out there who would love to talk more about the message. So Absolutely. Yeah. And th- there's occasionally where someone will say, hey, Mike, I'd really like to talk about this message. Can we sit down? And we'll take an hour and yeah. talk through it, right? In my, you know, uh, I'll, I'm going to say one more thing before we go to the next way. But uh, my kids... Right. If you ever go to the height service, my, my two boys almost always go to the height service. They sit in the front pew. And when they're there, if you notice, their head's down almost the entire time. Well, you know what they're doing. They're taking notes and they like to pictorially um, kind of describe the message. And yes. so they, they will draw pictures about what I'm preaching. And so like you, you watch, if you if you're, go to the heights, you watch after I... S- Get down from preaching. It's not long before, especially Asher, especially if Jay's between Asher and I, he will get up, he'll come over to me and he'll show me even during that next song. Here's what I drew dad, or here's what I thought dad. And like, he's learning and and he's drawing a picture, but he's, he's drawing a picture about the things of God and he's, he's studying. He really is. He is studying and it's sinking in. And so it's, you know, it it doesn't have to be, I got to be rigid about everything and it's got to be super studious. It's actually an expression of your personality as yeah. you listen. So that's, that's a that's a great observation. It's because it's supposed to be just engaging. So if you don't, if you don't engage well with just like studious notes, but drawing and doodling that kind of stuff, that's still you participating in some capacity with your personality, engaging with the message and studying God's word. Yeah, that's awesome. And this kind of lands on the third way. The third, and there's more than this, but third of the top three is do it in a small group. Yes, and uh, so he and, said, do it on your own. <clears throat> go to a service. Biblical, biblical preaching. preaching. And now we're saying small group. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so like small group, my small group, actually, you know what we do is we, we pull out the sermon and we read through the outline and the scriptures. And then we have some kind of a process where we look to God. What does this teach us about God and the gospel? What, what, what does this teach us about me, myself, my life? What does this teach me about the mission of God and the calling? And then we pray for each other in our, our group. It's not rocket science, but it is, it produces discipleship. 
because we're digging into studying the word of God and applying it to life. And so those are some ways to study. And so he says, I'm resolved to study the scriptures, but then he uses some descriptor words. The descriptor words are how he wants to study it, right? Yes. What are a few of the descriptor words that you notice? I constantly, steadily, and frequently. Yeah. So, I mean, he's kind of being wordy here. He's like, I'm, I'm going to lay it on thick. So steadily, you know, easy, you know, steady does it like yep. just moving forward day after day, little by little. And he says constantly, like there's a consistency in it. There's not like a, Hey, I'm going to take the next month off of studying the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's constant. And then frequently, like I'm not going to allow lots of time to go between it. And this is the idea of, of just a steady diet of God's word. I don't know if people realize how a steady diet of God's word will produce incredible spiritual fruit over the long term. We live in a microwave culture, right? Yeah. We, we don't want the crockpot meal. We want the microwave meal. We want to say, hey, I want to be able to, you know, I want to become an expert in this in the next 30 minutes. And if I can't, it's probably not worth my time. Right. But if you're willing to say, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna stick with a Bible reading plan and I'm going to study it. And you, you stick with it for a year. Guess what happens at the end of the year? You look back and you say, I've really covered some ground and I've really learned the character of God. I've learned the heart of God. I've learned the ways of God. I've learned the mission of God. Like you can by this, his words, steady, constant, and frequent pursuit of studying the word of God over the course of time, you can really grow in your ability to know who God is. You know, that is encouraging and that is challenging. I am a hyper emotional person. And there are times when I'm like, man, God, I haven't spent time in the word and so I will just well up and be like, I'm going to start studying the book of 1 John. And I, I, was like, I, I go for like several hours a day. And it's, it's edifying. It's good. But it's a lot all at one time. And then because it's this emotionally driven charge, it starts to wane off. But I have found, because you and I have had this conversation a couple times just to, to be steady. I have found that if I just practice this, like this 20 minutes of just taking the time and just steadily increase it, that has been a lot better than uh, kind of like crash dieting or binge dieting. Yeah, you know that's what I mean? a good illustration. Yeah. yeah. And instead of just being dramatic about it, just like, okay, just small, simple steps to write down a couple questions. I'll look into this a little bit more later. And just to keep that going, that is so much more beneficial. And uh, that, so his his word of stead, steady is, is, in, is challenging to me. And I, I actually, I needed to hear that. That's yeah. cool. You know, that, that, that's encouraging for me to hear, you know, and, and that's part of why our, our Valley reading plan, it's not a, it's not a big chunk of scripture to read every week. We're not trying to bury you in scripture. In fact, a lot of Bible reading plans, they'll go through the entire Bible in a year. We actually, that's not our pace. Mm-hmm. We'll go through the old Testament over the course of a year and then the new Testament every year. So that slows us down substantially. It takes a, you know, a number of chapters off your plate every day. And the reason is, is not because we want Bible light here. Actually, we want Big, big on the Bible. Right. Uh, but what we want is we want it to be a, uh, a manageable amount mm-hmm. so that someone's not like overwhelmed saying, I can't do this. No, you, you actually can. You can take a little bit of time. You can get through this if, if you just steadily day after day yep. plod forward. Um, and so even before we go on to, to the why, I, I would say, okay, let's, let's think about being steady in our Bible reading. Well, I would say, first of all, how, how consistent and how frequent and how steady are you when it comes to the weekend service? Uh, I'd really challenge someone if they're inconsistent in their weekend worship, I, I would ask you to reconsider. I'd ask you to pray through that mm-hmm. because the, the steady um, corporate worship and being in, 
under the word of God, biblically preached, that will do wonders for you in, over the long term, over the long term, over the long term. And then second is, is how about you and your own personal pursuit of reading the Bible? How steady are you? Are, are, do you have a plan? Mm-hmm. If you don't have a plan, I'd encourage you to jump onto Valley's reading plan. And the third is, have you taken that step to maybe find a small group? We, we have more and more small groups now where they've kind of reemerged little by little. And if you're saying, man, I, I'm not in one, I would really like to be, let us know. And we would love to connect you. Yeah. But, but then, then we get to the why. He says, here's why is to find, perceive and grow in knowledge. And not just like knowledge, like, Hey, uh, how do I change a tire? Mm-hmm. But knowledge, like the, the most important knowledge in the world, the knowledge of the word of God. Mm-hmm. How do I know God? How do I grow in God? How do I walk with God? How do I live a life that's built on God's word? In fact, this makes me think of uh, the passage in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus is speaking here. Would you be up for reading that passage, Matthew, Matthew 7? Yeah, is that 24 through 27? Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house. But it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them He will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Now, Jesus is just a master of this word picture right here. You know, anyone can understand the picture that he's painting for us. And, And the picture he's painting for us is a picture of a life built on his word and a life not built on his word. So when Edwards is saying, I'm resolved because I want to find and perceive and grow in knowledge of the word of God, he's saying, I want to, I want to make sure my house is built on the rock. I don't want to be someone who's on sifting sand and, and kind of in danger of, of, you know, spiritual ruin. Right. Okay. And so that, that's the, the picture he uses here is, okay, let, let's build our house on the words of Christ on, on the word of God. And so I guess my final encouragement here is, man, if, if you're sitting here thinking I'd like to be more in, intentional here. Start with a plan, figure out a plan to get into the word. Yeah. And also like, remember, seek progress. You're going to mess up. You're going to miss a day. You're not going to be perfect, but seek that progress over perfection yes. and, and you'll go fine. You'll do just fine. You'll mm-hmm. miss a day. I always tell people, if you miss a few days in your Bible reading plan, don't put all that pressure of, Oh, I got to make it all up. Mm-hmm. Y- you don't J- just st- start over the next day, pick up, Make it manageable. That way you can move forward slow and steady, right? So that's that's resolution um, 28. I, I think we'll go on to the next one now. Um, I think we've kind of covered this pretty, yeah, pretty thoroughly. I think so. So 29? Yep. You want me to read it? Go for it. Okay. It says, resolve never to count that a prayer, nor to let that pass as a prayer, nor that as a petition of a prayer, which is so made that I cannot hope that God will answer it nor that a confession which I cannot hope God will accept. That was pretty wordy. Yeah, he's a little more wordy here, right? He, he's saying, I'm, I'm never going to try to pray in a way that uh, I, I don't hope that God's going to answer it or with a confession that, that God will not accept, right? So he's saying, when, when I am communicating with God, so you think Bible reading, God's communicating with me, right? Then when I'm praying, He's saying, I want to pray in a way that, that I can have a hope that God will answer my prayer and that he will accept the words that I'm saying, my confession. And so if I'm boiling this down, Edwards is saying, I want to pray in two ways. First of all, pray in faith 
with a hope that God will answer, like with this faith that God will answer. And then I'd say pray in wisdom with, with the hope that God will accept it. Because, you know, if, if you're praying and you're praying like, God, would you um, give me a Lamborghini? And God, would you do X, Y, and Z that's outside of your will? Mm, you don't have much uh, much hope that he's going to accept that prayer. Right. right? right. So uh, pray in faith, trusting that God can and will answer your prayer, praying earnestly, praying with a, with a great desire and, and a boldness before him. God, I know you're all powerful. I know you're sovereign. I'm coming to you asking for these things. And then next is, is praying in wisdom. It's kind of checking your heart based on what God's word said and, mm-hmm. and make sure you're not praying in a way that's like focusing on your kingdom instead of his kingdom. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. It actually makes me think about our last topic last week, uh, the idea of fasting, because we it's not that we can change the will of God, but when we fast and when we weaken ourselves like that, our prayers do change. Our prayers, you, you come to God and you ask for certain things, and God answers the prayers that aren't that are against us. Well, he says no, you know? And what that does, though, is that we, as we seek him out in those times, we start to grow in wisdom. We start to realize that God starts to change our prayers, so it is in line with his will. I, I, it was, I, you sharing that was, I think was a good callback to just even last week and just the idea of those spiritual practices mm-hmm. and prayer. And this is, this is exciting in the sense that prayer does constantly change us. It keeps us in line with the will of God, just to be in harmony with mm-hmm. the spirits leading. Yeah. You don't want to go to God and, and ask him for things that are outside of his will. Right. Right. And so how do you know what's in his will? Well, through reading the word Mm -hmm. and, and then honestly through even the act of prayer, when you're approaching him humbly, there's that, I mean, we talked about it this last week with good Friday, Jesus in the garden, Lord, if there's any other way, let this this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. I think, I think that flavors our prayer that that's a model of prayer. It makes me think of James chapter one, verses five and six. James writes, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. This is saying like when I'm asking God for wisdom, even in like wisdom and how to pray, let, let us trust Let's have that, that faithful, like that prayer in faith, knowing that God can answer our prayers, but let's do it also praying for wisdom so that our prayers will line up with God's will. That's right. Right. Yeah. And that way I'm not, um, tossed around like, like a, a ship in the, the waves. People who, if, if you, if your life situation is determining your, your approach to God, right? Like. God, if, if I don't get out of this difficult situation, you must not be real. Mm-hmm. That's in my experience. That's the kind of person they're kind of like a ship in the sea mm-hmm. tossed around. If life's good. Oh, praise God. And, and if life's bad, Oh, God must not care or God must not love or God must not be strong. Right. And this is pushing against that. Saying, no, let, let's trust God and, and let's have faith that he's faithful and yet let's look to him for wisdom and how we pray. You know, it's interesting when we talk about what you just said, when people are tossed about like that, they are tossed about by their emotions is what's, and so it's their emotions that dictate reality, but that's not a good way to interpret the world that is around us. We, we want to be people of wisdom. And if you are a wise person, you can, a wise person, I think can acknowledge their emotions, but does not succumb 
to their emotions. Now, that's not to call someone unwise or stupid if that's if that's something you struggle with. Because I think for me, there is a threshold. After a while, I'll give in to my emotions, and I have mm-hmm. to wake up. Like I have to wait, like come to myself, as the, the, the Bible will say sometimes. And it's just a continual practice of like practicing wisdom, meditating on the scriptures so that I have something to hold on to in those times of trouble and turmoil. We've said this a lot before and I'll say it over and over again, but, but your emotions are real, Mm -hmm. but they're not always true. Right. Right. What you feel in those moments, they are absolutely real. You were an emotional person. God, I'm an emotional person. God makes us with emotions. Some of the people that say they're the least emotional people, they're actually some of the most, they just don't want to equate what they're, you know, they're actually experiencing with their emotions, right? You're laughing. Yeah, no, I, I I have this realization every time, every time I meet someone who says, I'm not an emotional person. I'm like, usually my response is in my brain. You're right. Because you have one emotion, and that's anger. Yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, that's, that's what I'm, I'm laughing about. Sorry. Yeah. I, I get you. So maturity, though, mm-hmm. is being able to say, okay, right now, let me give you an example. Right now, I don't feel loved by God. Okay. Does that feel feeling real? Absolutely. But is it true? Well, according to God's word, I am loved because God showed it on that cross the death of his son and he showed it in that grave through the resurrection of his son right like i am loved regardless of how i feel right now yeah. you know and so being able to battle that with truth not just in my relationship with god like every relationship's this way what do i know is true about this person what do i know is true about this relationship that's where maturity comes from you look like you had a thought yeah i was so i i've been reading some stuff about neuroscience but also i i think about david in psalm 119 11 right i have treasured your word in my heart so that i may not sin against you and that idea is that david he dwelled on the word of god which is interesting to me if i were to just bring it to a, a modern day illustration that most people today when we succumb to our emotions, what we are actually doing is we are succumbing to our, the amygdala of our brain. And what has lost control is our prefrontal cortex. But what's interesting is that if you practice chewing on the word of God, just focusing on him, you're actually exercising your prefrontal cortex, which allows you to reason back out of your emotions and to actually see the world clearly. It's interesting that the scriptures teach us to meditate on the God's word, even Psalm 1. Those who, who meditate on God's law day and night. they light is the law of the Lord. That's right. They won't be tossed to and fro by the teachings of this world, by the emotions of your own heart. It's uh, There's a lot of here, too, just prayer and wisdom. You know? It's like God's design. It actually works, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> and the, the other thing I'd say is, you know, it really helps having brothers and sisters in the Lord that when you're in those emotional moments, they're able to ask you the question, well, what is true right now? You know, I think about some of those times we try to battle that alone and we never come to someone and say, hey, Andrew, here's what I'm feeling right now. And I'm all upside down. And, and, you know, we pray for me and in that prayer or in that even like, well, what's true? Or, you know, like having people that have your back and that will walk with you through that goes a long way. Mm -hmm. Right. And I know we're getting off the the beaten path a little bit, but this is all connected. It is. I think I would connect that straight up to wisdom because I define wisdom as knowledge applied. Not just known, but it's applied. And so when we think about what we know to be true in Scripture, we need to apply that to our lives so we can hold on to the hope of Christ. So, yeah, I, I think that, man, that was a good topic, a good discussion right there. You know, the last uh, resolution I want to look at today, 64, it says, Resolved to strive every week to be brought higher in religion and to a higher exercise of grace 
than I was the week before. And this is a pretty cool way of saying I, I I'm striving every week to to grow. Yeah, further along this week than I was the week before, and and so he says I want to strive for a higher religion, and I would I would say this is a higher expression of a relationship in Christ as seen in the scripture, mm-hmm. right? Not just like religious ritual, but, but true religion built on the gospel. Like I'm living for Christ and it's impacting every part of my life. Right. And then he says to do this with a higher exercise of grace. And, and you know, we, we talk about means of grace. Well, what, what is a means of grace, but a way of experiencing the grace of God in our lives. Well, two of the chief ones are studying the scripture and prayer. When these things are part of your life day by day, when they, when they're kind of like just etched into who you are and become more and more of how you think and how you operate, this is how you week after week achieve a, a higher, what he would say, a higher religion. Yeah. This is how you grow. I, you know, what's interesting is that this, this is the language of a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And I think it's important for Christians to realize that we we're called on this journey. Even after we have accepted Christ, God begins to, to change us and mold us continually. We are constantly being challenged to grow in the likeness of Christ. So it's, if, if you are challenged with the idea of like, like even today we're talking about reading the Bible and we talked about manageable reading plans. And if you get to a point where you're like, well, I can't read the Bible. This is too much for me. A fixed mindset says, this is too much. I can't do this and doesn't even attempt. Whereas a growth mindset sees the call of God says, okay, maybe I can't do five or six chapters. Maybe I can't even do three chapters. But if you're the kind of person, I was like, I'll just take 10 minutes to get through as far as I can. That will grow and you will grow over the course of time. And that discipline will continue to mold you and shape you. I'm uh, meeting with a guy right now and a uh, cool guy, really building a fun friendship with him. I like him a lot. When we started meeting, he says, Mike, I don't read. I don't like to read. Mm-hmm. It takes me a long time to read stuff. And so we started kind of troubleshooting. We got to figure out a way to get you in the word of God. And we talked about listening and, um, you know, that wasn't really a good fit. And he, he decided on his own. He's like, I'm going to read this thing that I like one verse a day. And then like a couple sentences of describing it or commentary. Okay, cool. That, that's where you're at. Awesome. Well, a few months later he came back and he's like, well, you know what? I, I've decided I'm doing the Valley reading plan. On his own, no, no pressure. I mean, I just kind of, if it wasn't on the table for him, wasn't on the table, we've been meeting for months now. Mm-hmm. And he comes in, he's, a, he's got questions about what he's reading. He's thinking deeply about it. He's doing, he's reading it with his wife. He, this last week we met, dude, he's, he's using this. He's sharing his faith at work, like just like very casually, openly, but in the most real way, the more he's reading the word of God, the more his life in Christ is just, it's emanating from him. And it's that growth mindset. Yeah. He started with Mike. I can't do this. Okay. Well, let's figure out where you can start. Mm -hmm. Let's start with even the smallest step. Well, he's well beyond that now. He's well beyond that now because of that growth mindset. Yeah. I think it's important for people to remember that like if I, when I was much younger and actually I still find them not, there are people that I look at and I think to myself, man, this person is a giant in the faith, man. They're, they're reading the Bible. They know so much about the word. They know all these things. And I, I can't ever be like that. And I meet people who think that we're like that, you know, you, you, you and me, Mike. And I, sometimes I, I like to remind people that at one point in time, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't grow up in a lot of things. And it's just over the course of time. And you, you put time on your side, take these small steps and they're consistent. Kind of like he's talking, steadily, consistently, frequently. Mm-hmm. You, put, you do that 
man, you'll grow in your knowledge and your experience of God. You, you called me up like a month or two ago and you were talking about like, you were excited cause you finished, you, you were looking over how much you've read in the last year and you've, you've taken these small steps just to read a little bit, right. For education purposes. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's the compound effect. That's, that's the, the slight edge. That's, that's a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's important for people to remember that like these people who are, um, who are super talented or good at whatever they started somewhere. Yeah. And it, they just grew into that. And most people can too. Actually, I would, I would argue all people can. And then the, the other side of this coin is to remember that even if you feel like you have some achievement, you, you're not even close. Oh yeah. Like, what do they say? The, the, the more, you know, the more you don't know. Correct. Right. Like I, I'm just, I'm humbled mm-hmm. by how, how much knowledge is out there about the things of God that I haven't even touched yet. And I want to, and you can't do it all at once. And so that, that drives me to continue to push myself, to continue to read the word. And, and every time I read through the Bible, again, it, I learn more, I grow more, it, there's more connections. And so it, 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 you never stop, right? You never stop. I think it's important for people to see themselves as a student and not a master. Because if you're a student, you'll always have more to learn. Because there's always going to be someone who knows more than you, and you can always learn from them. That's right. So, I want to um, kind of bring it to an end with this passage from Second Peter, uh, chapter one, verses five through ten. This is a passage on kind of the trajectory of growth. And it, it even has a promise built into it. Okay. And so um, how about I just read it? It says, for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. He, he's saying, add to your faith virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness. He's talking about all of these things continuing, adding on to them. He says, and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. Verse eight, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, it's not that you get one and then you move to the next and you never return to the next, the previous, if they're yours and they're increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. This is a promise that if you have that, what you would call a growth mindset, a biblical Mm -hmm. growth mindset, where you are not perfect but you are striving with that steadfast, consistent, and frequent approach to God and his word and in prayer and allowing that impact your character, then, then you, will, you won't be ineffective or unfruitful in your, your knowledge of the word of God. God will actually use you for his purposes. You will grow and, and it keeps you from that, that edge where sometimes believers fall, right? Mm-hmm. And not just like I stumbled, but like fall and fall. Yeah. So uh, just... I guess where we're ending with this is these resolutions, whatever they look like for your life, I would encourage you to have some sort of a resolution around the word of God and prayer that aims you at consistent, frequent, and, and like this steadfast vision of I am growing. Yeah. I'm changing. You know, as I, as I think about the conclusion of this episode, it would be easy for someone to hear all this and then be like, oh man, you guys are right. I need to be reading the Bible more. I need to be praying more. And that's, don't let the guilt don't let guilt or shame lead you to this. But the idea, the idea, like if you're, if you're feeling a conviction right now, that what that is actually, that's God calling you closer. That's God calling you closer is what's happening right now. There is a loving God who's calling you closer to himself. So with that, 
the idea isn't to just start emotionally uh um like responding to this, like the way i would normally like respond like all right i'm gonna pull up my bootstraps i'm gonna read the entire bible next week mm-hmm. like that's that that's not the right approach if you feel that call just take a step closer the whole idea of these resolutions is that jonathan edwards was intentional and i think that's what what is one thing you could do this upcoming week that could be just intentionally you moving forward with your relationship with god well said man well said well mike thank you for sharing that i think that was an amazing conversation uh like always could you please close us in prayer let's do it father i do just ask that you would give each of us a a newfound resolve to grow. God, I pray that we would be like the man who, who builds his house upon the rock, that we would build our house, our lives upon your word. And as we do that, Lord, it would keep us from, from being washed away. It would keep us solid in the storms and the difficulties of life. Father, I pray that you would lead us to be those who come to you earnestly in prayer, who, who our first response in the difficulties of life is not to complain, not to gripe, not to grumble, but instead to humbly come before you and, and pray asking for your wisdom and, and to pray in faith, pray knowing that you are God, that you love us and that you're all powerful. And ultimately, God, I, I pray for our listeners that we will have this experience where week after week, we see that we are, we are growing in grace and in truth. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.